0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Thanks for the warm welcome. The Lord kept me awake uh, precisely, I think, from... I need to be sure now. (laughs) I need to be exact. I slept briefly for three hours. Uh, But specifically, between the hours of 4 a.m., and 2 a.m., I mean 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., he was speaking so powerfully to me about the future of his move in this nation and the continent of Africa. And I need to just lick it a little. We can't do it in public. Some of the things are too deadly to be announced in public. He told me, if you do that, we're going to create more complications. So we don't, we don't want to create complications. These are stuff that... We need you can only share if if it's given to you, you can only share them with real fathers, not contemporaries. Remember the brothers of Joseph? Right? Real fathers, real mothers like Mary that can keep this thing in their hearts, that are secured. Okay, not King Saul that is gonna hear the destiny of David. I don't want to kill him, right? And I noted it down, uh, just, just by way of introduction. Um, I said here specifically, I think, uh, Ryan, come and help me read. He has a Nigerian name, we call him a maker, Chukwe maker. <laughs> that's his name, for real. <laughs> Chukwe maker, that's Chukwe maker. Yeah, what is your mind? Yeah, I it's a little coded, but I think you can read the first line. The first two lines, yeah. Read it loud. Not to be shared. No, no, no. Up, 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 up. Okay. <laughs> okay. I- All right. <laughs> okay, we'll try Listen again. now. Take Maruti, two. you got to hear this. Message for Maruti, Eric, and G-Day. Friday, 25 June, 2016 between 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. South African time. Okay, so now, you know, what he, what he does to one is applicable for all. Did you remember I said that there is only one person in this church? and that the whole body of believers, you can see that, globally, it's just one person. The entire heaven is one person. The whole hell is one person. We are one body. So when he zooms in and specifically begins to deal with people individually, you know he's dealing with you. Now you ask Dr. Manor if they really want to get some medication into your system by injection, by transfusion, they don't need to choke you all over your body. They just need one point, right? Is that right? Do you need, do you need injection all over your body before it gets through? <laughs> so, once one part of the body is touched, is penetrated, it's going to go wrong. I, I didn't begin for that. I wanted to sleep for two hours on my nails. And he said, I want to let you know this morning meeting is not general. It's not generic. It's specific. Praise God. So I know you're ready this morning. Sorry, uh, people joining us by live stream, mean and on the internet. People were frustrated all over. They couldn't connect yesterday. And I told Pastor Eric, "Are you surprised? If you were the devil, would you like the thing to go out? <laughs> Just be fair for a moment." Yeah, but thank God it was delivered to you, and it's going out through you, and it's even out there in the air. And the technology guys were so surprised. Everything is in place, but why is it not working? It's the same reason why Gebrek would not get through to Daniel for 21 days. <laughs> Just to show him what is noted in the scripture of truth. You better know that there are things the devil don't want you to know. He's better off with your ignorance, right? That's the truth, and I can see to you with every sense of humility that the devil don't want you to hear this morning. He doesn't want you to hear the simple things you're going to hear. Um, I have at least now updated ten points. I call them profound and powerful. Realities about the kingdom. It's part two of yesterday. Faith to possess the kingdom of heaven now. But we're going to see step by step about three, I mean ten realities. Revealed in the scriptures. Concerning the kingdom of heaven. They sound simple. But forceful. The devil... He don't want you to remember them if you know them. He doesn't want you to know them if you don't know them. He doesn't want you to apply them. Because once you do, he has lost control as far as you're concerned. And I want you to know that the devil is losing control concerning this nation. Where, where for the nations? Concerning this continent. Listen, God never had intention of denomination. Men make denominations. It's religious human effort. God think nations. And if you know in mathematics, denomination to denominate is to reduce to fraction. So to break things in pieces, right? So when you when you when you <laughs> when you become denominational minded. You've lost the concept of holy nation, right? Listen, God don't think denomination. He thinks nations, and He says if we're not thinking the same way, we can't walk together. This is why I don't think denomination. Maruti, do you know I've never once before God? It's difficult to believe. Not once. Ask God, I'm praying for realm of glory. Eric, have you heard that before? It doesn't happen. I've never said, Lord, I'm praying for realm of glory, churches, because they don't know what that is in heaven. There is that's the name of the church I lead in Nigeria, right? There is no name of church in heaven. Did you get it? So when I stand, I, I represent people We are one body. And to represent is to represent. <laughs> to present them again. <laughs> as they should be. And I can't even number how many people are in that body. So like if you're praying for every nation, Midran. Now you are gone global. Thursday, the message was over, all over the world. So you don't even know how many members you have. That's the truth. You don't know. So when I go to meetings and someone asks me, like, how many people were there? I say, which one you want me to count? Spirit of judgment made perfect. Angels, which one the one in heaven on earth, The one by the windows? I don't know. Alright, so God thinks nations. I don't think denomination. Way back 2003, I had a revelation. The God of nations. That was before we plugged into every nation. The God of nations. So let me just press in your mind. When he made Abraham, he didn't say, I'm going to start a religion. Not a sect. Not a denomination. He says, I want to make you a great nation. He's talking to one barren man. And he says, you're a great nation. Because when God says, you're going to be, he's speaking your language. As far as he's concerned, you have been. He's finished it before he comes and tells you that this is what you're going to be. So he's talking to Abraham and he says, unknown to you, you are a great nation. Because you're a great nation, every seed produced after its kind. Because you're a great nation, you're going to father nations. So if you're a nation, you produce nations. That's God's language. Right? And your name will be great. Now, remember what he says to one, he says to all. You are children of Abraham by faith. So what he said to Abraham is part of your patru- uh, p- uh, part of your inheritance, part of your patrimony. What it says to Abraham, it's yours. God don't see you as an individual. He sees you as a nation. Is that too advanced? He doesn't see you as an individual. He doesn't think that way. Because God don't see you in accordance to what you have been or what you are. He sees you in accordance to your potential, to what you can become eventually. What you are going to become. Did you get what I'm saying? So it's very important you get it. So he says to Abraham, you're going to be a nation, and as a nation, you produce nations. So you're a father of nations. Right? But he didn't tell Abraham any other thing to do. Why I'm saying that is that you have to be strategic. When you get to this point. And remember, one thing we need to do, what we're doing this faith to faith, is to adjust your mentality. It's called mindset, which means to set your mind, to reset your mind. Your mind was set in the room. We just need to reset it. You were mindsetted before. Anyway, we just need to we just need to reset. Everybody had a mindset. Problem is the mindset was not in God's frequency. So we need to set it now. Part of what you need to set in you is this. God don't tell you all the details. He gives you precepts and concepts and expects you to form your own conclusion. If you get a precept right, your concept will be right. If you get a precept wrong, you have misconception. You misconceive the precepts and the principles. So he doesn't break things down. God, don't talk too much. Now, listen to why I said that. Because now he's saying to you, you are a nation. Yeah, I like your suit. I like you. suit. Let me talk to you. I like to be like you. So interaction brings impartation. So listen. God says to Abraham, you are are going to become a great nation and a father of nations. He didn't tell Abraham to build an army. That's strategic thinking. Because when God speaks, things explode inside you. So Abraham figure out, you can't be a nation without having an army. Not to talk of being a great nation. What makes a great nation? What makes America great? What makes Russia great? What makes China great? Remove their military mind. Come on, brother. So, listen. That's not religion. Because you have taught that God is saying to you, you're my friend, and I'm going to bless you. And make you a blessing to nations. You don't need an army. Religion don't think that. But Abraham knew. If what you said is real, I got to build an army. So he started building family and an army. So Abraham is both a father and a commander. That's that's advanced pastoring. To combine fathering with the commander of an army. That's a different level. So, my guys in Nigeria, they know when I'm doing the fathering dimension, they know when we're doing friends, they know when you're in the commander mode. That's different. Absolutely. Because the kingdom of God is not democracy, it's militant. That's why it's called the God of hosts. The commander of the heavenly host. The God of Armies. Yeah. So, Abraham built an army. Trained people born in his house. Adopted by him. Bought as slaves. Converted them to son, Trained them as an army. God didn't say any of that. So, in real life, I'm going to be a nation. It can be biological. That's why we're into adoption. How many wives are you going to have to give back to a nation? (laughs) How many wives and how many times are you going to be pregnant and do all of this stuff? you got to get into accusation. (laughs) Accusation, come on now. Yeah, and majors. All right. So, you see the way Abraham is thinking. And 318 men, trained by him, overrun an army of about five kings that conquered Sodom and Gomorrah. Over the night, he picked 318 out of his guys. And they but it was an allied force. If you read Genesis chapter 14, Abraham was to form alliance with some guys around. It was not just his own guys. Okay, that's where we get the concept of kings don't fight alone. By the way, Pastor Rice sent me a message early this morning. This is the whole email. K-D-F-A. Kings don't fight alone. So my response is K-D-R-A. Kings don't reign alone. (laughs) So I know. 318 people Abraham picked them. if you read that place, King James Version of the Bible says Abraham divided himself into three camps himself. the three hundred and eighteen were himself. If you have a King James Version, do you have that? Thank you. Is it pity that is there? Okay, Jaws, whoever. Jaws, God bless you. So, look, you have to go down. He divided himself to three camps. Himself. Can you find it anywhere? Did You don't see that? And he did what? Divided himself against the army. So, did he cut himself with the knife? The 300, the army were himself. They've been trained to be like him. It's the same template that Gideon, that Gideon used. God reduced his membership to three to three thousand from thirty thousand. Sometimes church growth for God is reducing the number. For the purpose of training. Maruti, attendance membership has never bothered me. Never. Is it? a different mentality. We're going to get to that. These are preambles. Yeah, because membership, membership is a denomination thing. Membership is a religious church matter. And people that are limited to that, including pastors and members, they are so desperate. They're so frustrated. They scheme. They're very competitive. Don't take my member. Don't take my member. But you see, if you think nation, there are no members of a nation. There are citizens of a nation. You can't take city. nobody's. Your president is not saying, don't take him. Don't, don't take him. He's my member. For he allows you to travel. They give you passport. And say, represent our country wherever you go. Go do business and come back. Let people come. That's kingdom. That's nation. So it just kills insecurity. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think members. I don't think members. Citizens. Kingdom citizens. Now we jump ahead now. Yeah, this guy, you have a way of pushing someone to what he doesn't want to say it. This is the most explosive people I've ever found. I'm losing control every time. I'm trying to be in charge. Yeah, but since I said that, let me give you a scripture to substantiate that. If if uh, Ephesians 2:19, you're gonna see the concept of member and citizenship. Ephesians 2.19. Look at that. Okay, move to Ephesians now. Thank you. Move to Ephesians. Did you see that? Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. In the kingdom, there are no strangers. There are no foreigners. Right? But now, what are you? Fellow citizens of what? Saints. What are in heaven or on earth? You are fellow citizens with Abraham, with all of them, with Elijah, with all the apostles, and all the great Saints of God on earth, you are fellow citizens. In other words, you have the same commonwealth. You have the same privileges. You have the same culture. With all the saints, you have the same precious faith. You are fellow citizens. With the saints. What is the next one? And what? Members of houses. That's the church level, that's at the lower level. You are a member of Little Follow family, but a citizen of South Africa. So, membership is at family level. But that's the building block to become a good citizen. If you really become a good citizen, you can become an ambassador. Did you see that? Some people never leave the membership level. <laughs> Never. Let <laughs> me ask somebody. Are you a member or a citizen? When are you going to become an ambassador? They don't get it. All right. That's the way of saying good morning, to everybody. <laughs> Give someone high five. Okay. So let's get at this point. Let's get to the first point. You were just pushing me. I didn't want to go. I wanted to greet you, and you. I don't know what you did to me. It seems there's some sanctified, anointed, (laughs) sanctumans. Yeah, that's. You know the way it works. All right. Let's get to this kingdom thing. Right. Faith to possess the kingdom of heaven now. Okay, and I say. Under the subtopic, powerful or profound realities about the kingdom of heaven. I want to give you an advice. Just adjust your mind. Stop procrastinating. Because the time is now. See, the realm of faith starts with now. There is a hereafter, but faith starts and dwells in the now. It is in the now that faith reaches out to pull close what is far away. Did you get the point? As a matter of fact, what faith does is to bring the future to the present. And that's what the prophetic does. It goes ahead and bring. The Bible says, by faith, there were people that the things that were promised Though it didn't happen in their lifetime. But they saw those things afar off. And they reach and embrace them. So faith can make you get into the future. And embrace what's your destiny. And pull it to now. And interact with it. Praise God. So that's why we say the realm of faith is now. The realm of faith is now. Because the realm of faith is the realm of God. It's the realm of the Spirit. Are we thinking together? In the realm of God and in the realm of the Spirit, there is no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. With God, there's just one day. With God, there's no yesterday. And there's no tomorrow. That's why he doesn't sleep. I want you to sing that a little. <laughs> so, you need to apply the principle of relativity of time now. God has no calendar. And He doesn't wear a wristwatch. Because He doesn't live in time. So, listen carefully. There is no tomorrow with God. And the Bible actually said, I got ushered into that some years ago. The Bible says, you're going to get to a point. When your sun don't go down anymore. When you are in perpetual day. It's a "Ram." It says because the natural sun out there will no longer be the source of, uh, of your light. The moon will no longer dictate your months. The Lord will be your sun and your everlasting light. And because he never goes down, you have constant day. Even in the night time on earth. That's why Jesus said, if I walk in the day time, I don't stumble. They say it's dangerous out there. Say, I don't know what you're talking. That's in Isaiah, by the way. Isaiah 60, verse 19. Downward. That's where he says the Lord will be everlasting light. It will be your sun. It will be your moon. And it never goes down. So you have a perpetual day. Now I need to say something to that. Once you enter into the day of the Lord, once you enter into your season, it doesn't go away. And if you listen carefully, you're here because you're entering to that day. You're entering to that season. It's a new day. Till the end of your life, even when you are gone, the day continues. So it's a realm. So with God, there is no tomorrow, there is no yesterday, it's just one day. Maybe I need to stay with that so I don't complicate things for you. So this is why, when by faith you tap into the realm of God, everything is now. Did you get what I said? Everything is now. Once you get to the realm of faith or the realm of the spirit or the realm of God, everything is now. This is why I introduced our guys in consecration some years ago to this translation of the Bible, Young Literal Translation. Young Literal Translation is is the translation that takes the Hebrew Old Testament and just says it literally the way it sounds from Hebrew to English, and takes the uh, Greek New Testament, you know, didn't try to adjust anyone, whether it makes sense or not. Just says it literally. When you read young Literal, you see there are no, uh, I will do this, I will bless you. God will say, I have. He says to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. And you have become Fruitful, exceedingly fruitful. And you have. That's a prophetic language. Prophecies don't speak, it's going to happen. Reprophesy gets to the future, brings it to now by faith. That's why you hear Isaiah say, Unto us a child is born, not is going to be born. That was thousands of years before the child was conceived. That's why the Bible says when you prophesy, prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Praise God. Yeah. Alright, so there is no time of God, there is no day. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is now. So stop procrastinating. That's why I wanted all that. One one of the things the devil uses to damage, to damage the, the destiny and the potential and the and the privileges, you know, whatever God has established for his people is procrastinating. And it happens by violating a very simple but strong principle that God put concerning his word. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 4 and you go and read Revelation 22, there's one principle there. God said, don't add to my word and don't remove It's Because it's a legal document. The Bible is not a religious book. It's a legal document. When you add to it, you have corrupted it. You have violated it. When you remove from it, you have destroyed it. Are you getting the point? So God said, don't add and don't remove. The way the natural human mind reads the Bible, religious mind, they always read something into the Bible that is not in the Bible. I have a friend, a man of God, he says, people read their greed into God's creed. Yeah, because there are times when you're reading, it's not what is written that you are seeing; It's what you are thinking. Haven't you seen yourself that there are times you're reading, you read into something that is not written. Just like When you are hearing someone, most of the time, you are not hearing what the person is saying. You are hearing what you want to hear. (laughs) Praise God. So God said, don't read anything to me. You know why he said that? So let me bring it home. Every time God says, you will inherit the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. People add when I die. It's just automatic. And that's why we're going to destroy this mark. Because people don't understand the concept kingdom of heaven. So they think that when the Bible says kingdom of heaven, heaven is where you go when you die. So if God says he will give me the keys of the kingdom of heaven, it means when I die. He will give me the keys where I can enter. <laughs> when I die. Now, the issue is that once you get to heaven, out of this body, there are no doors to be opened. Heaven is always open. Check your Bible. I saw a door standing open in heaven. I've said before you, are an open door. In the realm of the spirit, the doors are always open. So, the keys he's talking about is not up there. It's right here. It's not the key to the kingdom of heaven. It's the key of. It came from there to be used. You wait, you're going somewhere. (laughs) Because we're going to handle some keys this morning. We're going to handle some keys this morning. So, Because people don't understand terms and concepts. So when they heard Jesus say, kingdom of heaven, you know, it's only people that die that go to heaven. So when I die. But that's not what he meant. So everything that is meant to happen now is procrastinated. This is how princes become paupers. So now listen. This is painful. Let me show you in the Bible. Jesus came to Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus died, right? And Martha ran to meet him and said, Master, if you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, Your brother will rise again, will live again. He said, Oh, yeah. On the last day in the resurrection, that's cathology. <laughs> she just added what Jesus didn't say. It would have even been better to say when. She said, Master, when? Well, she just comes says, Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Well, that's our only hope now. Was that what Jesus was saying? No. And Jesus has to start adjusting the mind. I am that resurrection. That thing you are hoping for. I'm here now. Testimony: what you are hoping for. What you are waiting for is here now. So stop procrastination. Your future begins now. Your destiny begins now. Kingdom of heaven must start now. I'll just use this as an example. That's one thing we must undo. By faith. Alright? So let me make this point. Write this down if you're writing Possessing the kingdom of heaven is not an after-death experience. It's not a post award. You know that post-humor award? Once when someone died, then you now honor the person. Hallelujah. <laughs> and give him an award. You don't need that from God. The promises and the blessings of the kingdom of heaven are things you are meant to use your faith to bring into the present and embrace. Because it includes citizenship. We are all meant to be, if not multiple citizens, at least dual citizens. We all have dual citizenship. You are a South African, And also a spiritual citizen leader of hell, of heaven. Absolutely. Everyone carries at least two passports. The one of your country on on earth, then you have a spiritual passport for movement in the realm of the spirit. Okay, we're going to get back to that. So listen to this. Tell somebody. Come on now. Look for a customer. Look for a customer. you have your customer? Say, come on, talk with me. Say, the realities, the benefits, the powers of the kingdom of heaven. For me. Cannot wait till after that. Look at Mark chapter 9 verse 1. Jesus said this, and so you are saying, Well, I see, Pastor Sam, Sam, you are so oh my goodness. These are just simple things that Jesus said. Look at Mark 9 1. Let's read it together. So you don't think this Nigerian guy has a way of putting something in the. <laughs> okay, let's read it together. What did it say? Come on, one go, everybody. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here. Who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. So listen, it's your choice. He just broke the people into two categories. Some people will never understand it. They will never see it until they go through death. But there are some here they will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God present, 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 with power. Help me push somebody and say, "What is your choice? Which one do you choose?" Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But religious says, no one can see the kingdom of God until with a... Except the moment again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then you add when he dies. Jesus didn't say that. It is addition to the word of God. That brings the distortion. Praise God. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. This is in Mark 9. is in Luke chapter 9 or so from verse 27 downward. The same thing. Different gospel writer. Right? And it's in Matthew. Matthew 16, the last verse. And Matthew 17 is a continuation. Are you listening? So, after Jesus said this, that some of you will not have to go through death like most Religious center teach you. Eight days after, one week after, he selected three people that were ready. Those who believed it. Most of them say, "How can no one can see the kingdom until you die?" Not why it's be to you according to your faith. Probably the three guys said, "Master, how's it going to happen?" That's the one I want. We're not giving it to them. He chose three of them and I said, let's go pray. So, which means if you want to see the kingdom, you must learn to leave the valley, move to the rooftop, move to the mountaintop spiritually. Did you get that? And pray. Do you know you see things better when you are in an elevated position? Right? Oops. Ah, There are things I, do, I can't tell you. Because you're going to exalt me beyond measure, and then you allow more tongues to be put in my flesh. <laughs> I, I've learned to keep some things private. I think it comes with age. Before I say everything. Wisdom, brother. Yeah, because... Paul says, because of the abundance of revelation, God have to put a, a messenger of Satan, a tongue, to be buffeting me. Lest I be exalted. I'm just begging God, please don't. All right. Because there is how to rise up in the spirit. Practically. Experientially. I'm not talking theory. There is how to fly in the spirit. I know a man, whether he's in the spirit or in the flesh, God knows. That's what Paul said. He's not a witch, but he flies in the spirit. God takes people to places in the spirit. Because when you're sleeping, you, have, you can get out of this body and use your spiritual body to travel. Narcotic people do that. They call it astral travel, whatever they call it. And you know, well, that's the realm of demons. No, demons are just specialists in imitation. You have the originality. We're meant to be superior to witches and necromancers and the occult. Are you getting what I'm talking? Absolutely. So much so that Daniel was made the head. Of those occultic people in Babylon. Yes. Of, of magicians and witches. and Yeah, because listen, listen. This is a political matter. It's not a religious matter. The king is paying these false prophets and witches. And you go around, Then Sangoma and, and Astro, you know, palm readers, and all of them. And astrologers, whatever you call them. To, be, you know, helping the king interpret science. And to tell him about future. They're on the payroll. And the king had a dream and he forgot. And he said, okay, now, that's your area of specialization. I do politics. I don't do this stuff. So he said, bring out the dream. No, no, he said, king, no, 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 no. No man can do that. You tell us, we interpret. say, He said, then you are fake. You can't interpret if you cannot download the dream. They said, no human being, except he lives among the gods, can do that. Then the king said, why have I been paying you? All of you are going to die. And remember, there are no human rights then. <laughs> Long story short, they started running them up. They're, going to, they're arresting them. And Daniel is among the wise men but not occultic. His own source is different. Do you know Moses did all what the magicians used to do in Egypt, but from a different source? That's why the rod of Moses swallowed up their rods. We don't back off from what they're doing. Right. So, they're mopping them on. They said, Dana, you're one of them. I mean, you used to advise the king. We said, why, why are you guys? come on, do come on, come on. Come on. The Bible says he spoke to them with wisdom and counsel. He said, why are you rushing everybody? What's going on here? They said, well, the king had a dream, and the dream is lost. I mean, some witches have removed the dream from his mind. <laughs> and if you guys can't bring it out. I said, okay, come on, come on, come on, chill, chill, chill. So he said, let me go see the king. He said, king, don't, do, don't be walked, Don't walk yourself up. Is it the dream, we'll bring it out. Just give us some few time. We just need a little bit. You can say, (laughs) sure? That's very simple. (laughs) Then he called the three connect group members. (laughs) That's why you need to belong to connect group, group. Small group. Small group. Small group. Discipleship group. I tell you, there are things that happen in discipleship group that can't happen any other place. Do you know that Paul's encounter, Saul of Tarsus, When he met Jesus on the way, he became blind for three days. And he's going to be the mightiest apostle. But Jesus didn't say an apostle to open his eyes. He sent a disciple. That's discipleship group. He sent a certain disciple in a small group meeting. Because if you, can, if, you, if you have not been discipled, you can never become an apostle. Yeah. If not, you are a false apostle. Yeah. Okay, so come back, come back, come back, come back. Yeah, come back. So you need small group. Don't say, well, I don't like, I like the main church. I, you know, I'm a corporate guy. You know, you know what I'm talking? I like corporate worship. That's for people that are not serious. Mm-mm-mm. That's where the right thing happens. Where two or three, two or three are gathered, that's where I manifest. That's what Jesus said. I don't mix with the crowd. Alright, so, he called his connect group guys. And he said, let's ask God for mercy. And mercy translated to revelation of the secret. Of the, of the, the king's matter. Mercy brought it. And he rose up and worship. And went to the king and told the king, We're lost now. What let you this now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Daniel got. He tells the king. Remember, this guy said no human being can do that. When Daniel finished saying that, the king rose up and worshiped Daniel and burned incense. He said, "You are not a human being." It said, the other witches said it. From then, Daniel was appointed the head of the witches. Absolutely, it's in your Bible. That's what it means to be the head of principalities and powers. So the king says, any of you that have prophecy or vision or dream or your your idol tells you anything. Submit it to Daniel. If it doesn't matter, if it doesn't approve it, you don't bring your daddy dream to me no more. Yes. 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 Then Daniel said, "What, well, King King? I, just, I have a request. My Connect Group guys, we we have to promote them. We move together, <laughs> and they were promoted. Connect Group." So, that, that's, that's kingdom perspective to discipleship and connect group. So, in our church, we don't beg you. It's not like, if you will, if you like, you must. You have to. There yeah, is a command thing. Anyway. So, <laughs> let's leave that. In, uh, so, Jesus took the three guys to the mountaintop to go pray. Right? As he was praying, he was transfigured. Remember he said, you won't die except you see the kingdom. But you can choose to do otherwise. As he was praying, they saw he was changing. Praying is connecting and focusing in heaven. And the Bible says, if your eyes are single, your body will be full of light. It is destruction and dual vision that doesn't allow the glory to radiate. Hello. So, Jesus, when Jesus means to pray, no phone call, no text message, SMS, no email, no WhatsApp, no Instagram, nothing. Everything got to wait. Because a house divided cannot stand. And once you are seen double or multiple, your sight is bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah the, the, the So this is why he leaves the destruction. He goes up. Do you know the only thing the disciple has Jesus to teach them? Is teach us to pray. Not how to pray. Teach us to pray. They suddenly realize that what we call prayer is not prayer. Yours is prayer. So I teach us to pray the way you pray. Because when religious people pray, they pay attention to other things. And you know it's happening now in Pentecostal churches. <laughs> 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 I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm, I know that because I grew up I grew up in a place where it's 50-50 Christian, Muslim, in a, in a town where I grew up. So actually, what I enjoy about my Muslim neighbors is the fact that they can be praying and see be selling and still be transacting. You know, when they're doing their prayer, we go, I'm, I'm serious, you go to buy stuff and the guy that is selling it is praying I said <laughs> <laughs> Oh absolutely. I'm not telling you you know what I'm saying? He grew up in northern Nigeria. Yeah, so I love the unpray you don't close your eyes. So if someone comes to buy stuff from your wares, you then is there you know, Jesus. God of the mountain. It's like nothing that exists but God. Oh. And God is S-U-N. When you focus on him. You remember last night? The divine healing therapy. And that sun rises on you. You become transformed to be Like what you are looking, what you focus. That's why you are told not to worship idols. Because those who make idols and those who worship them are like them. You become like what you focus. That's why porn, phonography is horrible. Turns you to animals. You become like what you watch. Whether you watch it secretly or publicly, it doesn't matter. Anyway, come back. So Jesus was on the mountain and he was transfigured. Long story short, and suddenly, they saw Elijah and Moses appear in the cloud with him. And they were consulting with Jesus. One on the right, one on the left. Now, you don't realize that Moses represents the Torah, the law. He wrote the first five books. Elijah represents the prophets. That's the summary of the whole counsel of God in the Old Testament. So, the law of Moses was money. that's the real deal. You were the one I was writing about. The prophet was saying, everything we prophesy is you. That's what you are about to fulfill. And that's kingdom. Because in kingdom, there is no past. There is no future. The past and the future come together. And you see, that's the... And in the midst of it, they had a voice. You know, Moses testified, Elijah testified. God said, yeah, you guys are right. That's my beloved son. With whom I'm well pleased. That was said in Matthew 3 when he was being baptized. But what was said then was now added. In Matthew 3, he just said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, Period. Matthew 17, this my beloved son, human word. Please hear him. Moses is telling you, Elijah is telling you. I'm telling you. And you know why that came? Because Peter said, Oh my good, he has got to be here. If this is kingdom, Jesus, let's stay here, let's make it. God said, Keep quiet. You hear him. He has a final word. Because kingdom is not about making tent and remember and having good experience, you know. You get what I'm saying? No, it's here the next instruction from and get back to the valley to go bring down kingdom. You don't hear what the choir sang. Praise God. But this is the point. As so finish reading in Mark 9 and Matthew 17, the Bible says, as they were going. Jesus told them, don't tell anybody. Until I rise from the dead. Don't tell anybody. Now, have you thought about that? Why would Jesus such spectacular experience? Because if he just allowed this guy that would have gone and said, oh, the guy is the real deal. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. We saw it. He said, don't tell anybody. When Peter said in Matthew 16, you are the Son of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. My Father in heaven revealed it to you. And upon what is revealed to you, the rock that is revealed to you, I will build my church. I will build my church here and the gates of hell will not prevail. Which may hell also operate here. Church is meant to checkmate hell. Alright, so I will build my church here. And hell will not prevail. For hell not to prevail, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Why are you here on it? The way you use it is you will know what is forbidden in heaven. And you forbid it here. You will know what is permitted in heaven. Now, but he finished saying that In Matthew 16, I think, verse 21, and he said, Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Have you thought about that? The reason is, oh Lord, you must be forever grateful for the love of Jesus. Jesus said, If they know who I am, they wouldn't kill me. Then I can't shed my blood. Don't let them know. Until I rise. Because if the real kingdom cannot come, I'm just demonstrating. It's just a preview. The real kingdom, my body has to be torn. And if you tell them, if they know I'm that one, they won't kill me. If they had known, they wouldn't have crucified. Just because of you and I. You get it? So, but this is the point. As they were going down, Jesus, the guys, Peter, James, and John, he said, now listen. They said, then, why did the scribes, why did the religious teacher tell us that except Elijah comes back, we cannot see the kingdom? So, they understood that what happened on the mountain It's what Jesus was saying, that you won't taste death until you see the kingdom come with power. Once Jesus is revealed, once heaven and earth merges, once the Old and the New Testament, the the law and the prophet, the past and the future comes together in Christ, and is revealed to you, kingdom has come. you don't get that? So when they saw that, he didn't tell them, he didn't say, That's what I told you, that's kingdom. <laughs> he, he he finished and he said, Don't tell no one, let's go home now. And they said, excuse, excuse. Master. They, they were teaching us right. Because they told us that until Elijah comes back, we cannot see the kingdom. And which means we just saw kingdom now. Elijah came from the kingdom. He didn't die. He went to heaven. Yeah. Moses, nobody knew where he was buried. Yeah. Nobody saw him dead. God announced his death and said, "I did the burial. <laughs> I did the funeral. No case." They said, Mo- "Joshua, move ahead. Moses is sorted." <laughs> right? So they said, "Wow, that's kingdom." And Jesus said, "Yeah, what they taught you is right, that Elijah must come before you start seeing kingdom. Listen carefully." He said, "But Elijah came. And they didn't know. And they've done to him what they liked. And they understood he was talking about John the Baptist. He's not reincarnation. John the Baptist came with the anointing, with the mentality, with the frequency of Elijah. Did you get the point? Like now you are supposed to carry the mentality of Christ, the mind of Christ. You are supposed to be clothed with Christ. Is that right? So John the Baptist, that's what he did for Elijah. He re- because Elijah came to restore the people back to God. John the Baptist came to do the same to prepare them for the Messiah. And when you read in Mark chapter 1, the Bible says Elijah, I mean, John the Baptist dressed exactly like Elijah. Come as king on a ladder. So Jesus said, listen. John the Baptist, John the Baptist. It's not, I mean, Elijah Elijah. It's not like oh, somebody's gonna come back from the grave. And, no, 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 no. Someone already fulfilled the ministry of Elijah. That's why I can now manifest kingdom. Did you get the point? So they saw kingdom without dying. So you don't have to die. to see? The things of heaven. There are things meant for you that have waited for so long. You say I've been waiting on God. God says I've been waiting on you to get it. That's the truth. And it begins today. You don't have to die no more. Just receive it. Jesus already made the way, right. already brought it into manifestation. You've waited too long. You've procrastinated. You've added to the word of God. How dare you think there are things God cannot do now, but He can do in the by and by? Because you think He builds up His strength, He gathers experience. <laughs> he doesn't have enough experience now to do what needs to be done. Now it's just waiting for you to get it right. And once you see it, you can seize it. Like you're seeing it clearly now. Kingdom is now. Once you see the king in his glory, you've seen kingdom. I need to say this. I, I challenge you like I, I challenge my folks in, in our church. One of the things that that's that's plague contemporary Christian faith is you see a promise and you don't press into it. I, I can't understand. As if promises in scriptures are decoration. Yeah. Yeah you progress. Thank you. Okay, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day it will come. Yeah. You know what God is promising here. Hopefully one day, maybe before we die. Are you sure anybody can experience this? I, if I give you examples now, you'll feel indicted. But I want you to have, I don't want to spare your day. But let me just, let me give you one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let me give you one. It will help you. Right, are you ready? Where are the people that are not ready? Push somebody and say, are you still there? Okay, look for someone. Say, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Push somebody and say, can you feel what I'm feeling? Listen, John chapter 1, Jesus says something to Nathanael. Remember what he says to one? It's applicable to all. He says to all. So if you're smart, you don't wait to see where your name is written in the Bible. (laughs) Absolutely. Locate the one that is applicable and place your faith on it. Okay. So Jesus said to Nathanael in John 1:50, John one verse fifty. To quote the long story short, look at what he said to Nathanael. Thank you. Is it Joshua? Jesus answered and said to Nathanael, "Because I just said to you, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Do you now believe me? Well, you're going to see greater things than this. Now, so Je- listen, hold it. Jesus says, if I speak to you and you believe." It qualifies you for greater things. Yeah, you know why you're, you're hearing greater stuff now? Because you believed me on Thursday and you believed yesterday. So I was testing the ground. <laughs> and I'm still testing. <laughs> we together. All right, so he says, Well, I just said that I saw you when you were under the victory and you were arguing when you didn't like to come to church. So did that make you change your mind? Okay, you're going to see greater things. Because once you change your mind, then you can see kingdom. Kingdom is change your mind, your perspective. Change your position. Change your mentality. Think differently. Not like you've been taught or trained by religion. Did you hear that? So he said, okay, because you change your mind, you're going to see greater things. Look at the greater things. So, Verse 51. 51. What does he say in 51? Move it to 51. And he said to Nathanael, verily, verily, assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. And you shall see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Because you believe what I said before? There is a hereafter. He didn't say when you die. He said, after this level. After this elementary level. You're going to advanced level. So from now, you're going to be able to experience what I experienced. That's what John, James, and Peter saw. Heaven opened. Angels ascending, descending. Elijah Moses came down. Jesus said, if you believe what I've been telling you, you can have it. So why haven't you pressed into that? There is a hereafter dimension to your faith. Your faith has qualified you for some things that you never, you've never gone to bank to make a claim. The deposit has been done. You just needed to place demand. Because you think it's not possible. Hallelujah. So come on, speak in tone. Lift your hand. Come on, pray in the Spirit. And say, Lord, I bring the reality of the kingdom into my life now. My Lord and my God, I stop procrastinating. I believe your promises. I believe your war. I will experience your glory. I believe you for open heavens. For greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. In Jesus' name. Okay, let's see if we can make more progress. Praise the Lord. Second point you need to write down. You can start possessing and exploring the kingdom by faith. Here on earth, now. You can start possessing, experiencing, exploring the kingdom of heaven. Here on earth. Now. You can start. As a matter of fact, you have started. Amen. We're right now in the king, in kingdom zone. Amen. Heaven is touching the earth here. Amen. That's why I, I could communicate with you the way I'm communicating. Yep. If you think it's attributable to any other thing, then you don't understand spiritual stuff. This is connectivity with heaven. Downloading from heaven. So you are right now in the zone of kingdom of heaven. You are in the situation room. (laughs) Now listen. So you can start exploring. But I need to give a caution. I need to give a serious warning. And this is going to shock you. I was shocked when I read this. Do you know that the people that are most likely to fail in experiencing the kingdom of heaven and exploring it are religious people? Religious people, church people. People that feel they are religious. They are better than others. They are pious. They are not poor in spirit. They don't feel they have any spiritual need. They look down on others. Remember, uh, I think it's a matter of 18, where a guy went to pray in the temple, a Pharisee, right? And he saw a publican. A publican is a tax collector. They were treated like saboteurs because they were conniving with the occupying forces of the Roman Empire to extort their people of taxes. They were joining with Gentiles, uncircumcised, to extort people, God's people and enrich themselves. So that's why they were regarded as, was sinners as in the same category with prostitutes. So you hear the Bible talks about publicans and prostitutes. prostitute and tax collector. So this other tax collector was praying in the distance, and this other Pharisee that feel like I'm keeping the rules. I know the word of God. I fast two times a week. I pay my tithes. Now look at that. He wasn't concentrating. He wasn't connecting heaven when he was praying. So he's praying but he sees this person and he says, Lord I thank you I'm not like that person. I thank you I'm better than that person. Because I do this, he doesn't. So he could not be transformed like Jesus was transformed. In fact, he got darker. And the Bible says, the other guy couldn't even look up. Was saying, God, it's true. You know, I don't deserve your mercy. Just have mercy on me. I know I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. That's poor in spirit impoverished, feel like I need I can't help myself except God helps me. The Bible says he went home justified. Righteousness credited to his account. Transformed, glorified. The other guy condemned. So now listen. Which means a religious mentality that makes you elevate yourself above others can deprive you of benefit from the heaven. Is that correct? Look at Matthew 21 verse 31. Are we making progress? Listen, the devil made a big mistake by allowing you to be here this morning. I'm serious. Big, big. He's biting his fingers. He's calling the demon. Why? How did you allow that? You didn't do what I asked you to do. There's confusion right there. Well, Jesus was talking about two sons. That the father said to one, go do this for me. He said, yes, dad, I will do it. But he didn't. Then he said to the second one, go do that for me. He said, dad, I'm tired. I've been walking all day. I can't go. And later he said, how can my dad ask me to do something and I don't do it? i got to do it. So the one that said, I can't do it. I can't go. Went and did it. The one that said, yes, dad, it's done. Never did it. So Jesus said, out of these two, who did the will of the father? Is it the one that gave the father an impression that I would do what you said, but didn't do it? Or the one that was so and said, Dad, I'm tired. You always, oh my God, Dad, I have some other. I want to go play with my friend. And the dad looked at him and said, oh. Okay. And he went. So Jesus said, which one did the will of the father? So which means it's not well said that God is gonna is well done. What did you get done? Whether you feel like doing it or not, did you do it? You, you remember Pastor Steve Murray, the president of every nation? He I love Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve says, you know, some Christians say, I don't feel like coming to church. He said, Yes. You don't have to feel like just, just do it. <laughs> just come. Uh, I don't feel like giving offering a tithe. He said, yeah. I, I don't feel either. <laughs> but just do it. Do it. Just, do it. Um, I don't feel like talking to people about Jesus and doing connect group. So he said, actually, you are in the same company with Jesus. In the garden, Jesus said, God, I don't feel like dying. I don't want to die. The father said, But just do it. <laughs> if you do it, you'll be happy later. You did it. It's difficult, it's painful. But just do it. And he did it, and you see the effects multi generationally, right? He says, Okay, not my way, but your way. So, God is not impressed with your singing. I will go anywhere. Anywhere you send me, wherever it may be, I will go. Uh, They say, okay, let's go to Liberia. (laughs) Let's go to Malawi. They say, no, no, no. That's not what I had in mind when I was singing. I was (laughs) singing. That's, see, we, we, well, like that's young that young guy that tells the father, I'll do anything you say, don't worry, Dad. But never did it. You may not sing, you may not make impression. But if you respect God in your heart, once I know God wants it done. Okay, you got it right. So, but that's what Jesus said. Then Jesus now said to them, Help me read. Jesus said to them, What? Assuredly, verily, I said to you. That's publicans, tax collectors, publicans, and what harlots. They entered the kingdom of God before. Oh, wait a minute. A better translation say publicans and prostitutes. He's talking to religious people, religious leaders. He didn't say they will enter. A better translation say they are entering. So now. The kingdom of God, listen to me, is what you enter now. It's not what you're going to enter. If you don't enter now, you can't enter when you die. Did you see that? Come on! Did you see this? I tell you the truth, tax collectors and prostitutes are what? Entering the kingdom of God. Ahead of you. Ahead of And they weren't dead. You're not dead. For the entry, you are not entering. Now. So, listen. I have entered the kingdom realm. Have you entered? And listen, Jesus said, it's easier for prostitutes to enter than for priests and preachers that think they can take the things of God for granted. Are we talking? Look at the next verse. Thank you, multimedia. Next verse. What did he say next verse 32? Everybody read it. He said, Because John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitute did believe him, and even after you saw this, you still did not repent to believe him. That's why they're entering and you're not entering. Listen, you go back to Matthew 3. John was preaching in the desert, in the wilderness. Repent! Because the kingdom of God is here. Problem is, he didn't go to preach in the temple. It's not in the synagogue. He didn't follow the religious routines. And that's not what they preach in the synagogue. And the, in the synagogue, they say, "Well, one day is coming. Bye and bye. Oh, when we get into the kingdom, when we get out of this world, and when the Messiah comes, the day is coming. John came and says, He's here now. He's at hand. I have it. The kingdom of God is at hand. Listen carefully. He's here. If you just change your mind, you can see it now. Different preaching, different location. Different procedure. In the religion establishment, they say you need to bring so, so number of animals for sacrifice. If not, you can't enter. John said you don't bring nothing. He said just repent and I baptize you and you are in. Oh my goodness. Listen carefully. But that insulted the sensibility of the Jews. You don't baptize a Jew. You baptize a Gentile. I want to become a Jew. They are called proselytes. To tell a Jew, you're dirty. You need to repent, change your mind, and be baptized, even though you can't see the kingdom. So the priest, the religious leader, fell insulted. He didn't attend a Bible school, he doesn't know anything. Was he ordained? What title does he have? Forget about it. The prostitute and the tax collector says he's giving us a chance. His one is not complicated. So they read Matthew 3. The Bible said they were Russian. And the religious people blacked up. If you read it in Luke 7, the Bible says because they couldn't receive John's ministry, they couldn't receive Jesus. So, and Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Kingdom came. So, listen. Jesus said they are entering. So, let me help you. Let me break it down. Do you, can you see that? We are using two terms interchangeably. Kingdom of heaven. And kingdom of God. Did you get that? So we need to sort that out. King, yeah. Kingdom of heaven, I'll give you my bill later. The <laughs> invoice, <laughs> <laughs> my manager is there. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. So it's, it's been used interchangeably. And some people think maybe it's different. Because Jesus said, you can enter the kingdom of God now, You can see it before you die. Task collectors are prostitutes, they are entering. So, what's the difference for? What's the difference? The first thing you need to realize is the fact that this is so simple and you never forget it. The Jews had a tradition of reference, of respecting God. They so much respect God, they don't like to call the name of God every time. You're a professor, so you know you know what I'm saying. Now, so let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. If you read um if, when you read Matthew, gospel. Only Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven. And sometimes reluctantly, he changes it for kingdom of God. Only Matthew. Mark always say kingdom of God. Luke always say kingdom of God. John, kingdom of God. Only Matthew say kingdom of heaven. Because Matthew was writing to the Jews. And Matthew know if you keep saying God, 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 as a Jew to Jew, they feel like you're not communicating. So let me give you an example of how much you use it. And Mark didn't. you know, Mark wrote for Peter. The Gospel of Mark was dictated by Peter. Mark was not one of the disciples of Jesus. he was Peter's disciple. So it's what Peter told him that he wrote, right? Absolute. so look at look at this, look at this. Mark one. I think verse 14 and 15. Mark 1, 14 and 15. This is so good. Because once you sort this out, you now see you are entering the kingdom right now. And I will give you a translation that pushes you in. Nobody can lock you up. So look at this. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee. What was he doing? I can't feel what was he doing. What gospel was Jesus preaching? That's Mark. Mark wrote Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. How was he preaching it next verse? Verse 15. What was he saying? Saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, anything in your hand is closer to you than I'm closer to you. So John is saying it's closer to you don't need to die. You just need to repent. You're face to face with kingdom now. But see, Mark calls it kingdom of God. Now, look at this. The same statement, Matthew calls it differently. Matthew 4, 17. Look at that. Matthew four seventeen. You need to clarify. Who is this guy on the multimedia? Is it Peter or Joshua? Joshua, come on, celebrate Joshua. These guys are too much. I'm serious. The way they improvise you know, we didn't rehearse. I didn't give them no PowerPoint, nothing. And that's the way we do it. They know their Bible, come on. These are the better generation. All right, so let's read this together. This is the same thing Mark wrote. So how did Matthew read? Come on, everybody. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, What did Mark call it? Mark called it kingdom of God. Matthew called it kingdom of heaven. So they're talking the same thing. So which means it's a synonym. But Matthew has a reason for not saying kingdom of God. And Mark, since he wasn't writing to Jews, that's matter. Yeah, because the Jews have been taught from childhood. Thou shalt not call the name of the Lord your God in vain. So they so respect God that rather than spell God, write God, they will just leave it blank, or like you know when you don't want to pronounce the F word or write it, just write F and (laughs) (laughs) fill fill in the blank. That's what they do. So now listen, look at Matthew nineteen, Matthew nineteen twenty-three. Look at Matthew use the same terms. And here, you need to, oh, this is so good. Matthew 19, 23, right? Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter what? Who is writing this Matthew? Now, you need to get the background. Don't go further yet. Listen. Listen. A certain rich young guy came to Jesus. If you back off. And he said, Master, good Master, what must I do to enter into life? That's important. What must I do to enter into life? Jesus said, you know the commandments? Because it's a a nation. It's a kingdom. You follow the rules, the procedures. If you want to get visa to America, some. You get the point. There. So he said, "Which one?" Jesus gave him a summary. He said, "Well, I've been doing all this from my youth, but what do I lack? I've been trying, but there's a life you have entered into, Jesus, that I'm not entering." He said, "What must I do to enter into life?" It's called eternal life. The, life. the God's type of life. That's what he asked. And then Jesus said, wow, that's amazing. You've been doing all this. As a matter of fact, one gospel says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And said, okay, if you're going to, get it right. Go give up everything you have. And follow me. In other words, you need to learn more. It's going to demand all your attention. You don't need all these distractions. Did you get that? And you don't need to worship your material belongings. This kingdom is so rich, it's so big, it's like, it's like you're going to be sworn in as a prime minister, as a president. So whatever you were doing before, give it up. Bless some other people handle that. You come. And see, the guy went away sad. He wanted to, but he couldn't give up what he had. Did you get the point? Jesus didn't say what you had was bad, was unclean. He just said, okay, what you want to experience needs more attention. Did you get the point? So when the guy went away, then Jesus started talking to his disciples. He said, did you see? It's going to be so hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. What did the man say he wanted to enter? Life so entering to kingdom of heaven is a type of life here and he asked Jesus because he saw Jesus have entered into that life right did you see the equation so look at the next verse this one says kingdom look at this everybody read it don't miss this and again, Jesus, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to so the kingdom of what? What did he say in the previous verse? So even Matthew and Jesus use it interchangeably. Did you get the point? Yeah. Back off to verse 23. He says it will be difficult for a rich man. To enter the kingdom of heaven. And he's saying the same thing. And he says, easier for a camel. To enter a nidu, and the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. is talking the same thing. How are we talking? By the way, it's a figure of speech. Can, no camel can go through the needle. <laughs> it's a figure of speech. And it's discovered, like, in most Middle East cities, right? And even in Muslim countries, like the northern part of Nigeria. The cities have gates. They call them Kofa. Each gate has a name. And they build in different... You know, the city is surrounded by walls. And at different entry points, there are gates. Each gate has a name. So in Jerusalem then, or the city where Jesus was and talking to this guy, there were walls around the city and they had gates, each gate had a name. There was a gate called the gate of the needle eye. The eye of a needle gate, literally. Did you get the point? That gate was so small that when a camel is coming and carrying store, you know the camel is, you know, hunchback, high. The in had to crawl to go through the eye of Nidu gate. So, so Jesus was just saying, except a rich man can humble himself, the way come goes through that gate. Because when you take it literally, you are saying nobody can enter if you are rich. Jesus didn't say that. As a matter of fact, when he finished saying this, the disciples said, then who can be who can enter, who can be saved? Look at the next one. They say, Master, if it is so, who can be served then? Which means they were in poor. Yeah. When the disciples had it, when the disciples had it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be served? They are saying, we are all loaded. We are all. We are, Master, you, you didn't tell us before. I have my business going on. I'm not poor. We ain't following you because we want some money. We made it before. We want that something you have. So, who then can be saved? So, being a disciple does not mean being a pauper. It was rich disciples when, when apostles ran away. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, rich disciples, went to, Her- uh, to Herod, Pilate, and said, we want to bury him. He's our God. So, this kingdom dimension, you've got to know how to combine power to make wealth by kingdom principles. That's what, I'm going to give you just one key before we end. There's a key for kingdom wealth. Do you get that? So, so then who then can be saved? Because we are taking it. I have a needle, camel. Then look at what Jesus said. Next verse. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, which means it's not camel and needle. Because uh, there's no way God is going to push a camel through a tiny little hole. You get what I'm saying? You get the point? And then he placed their mind at rest. Yeah, don't worry that you are rich and you can't make it. Zacchaeus was rich but he made it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord. I don't need to get into some stuff. Praise the Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, can you see the difference between kingdom of heaven and kingdom? It's synonymous and kingdom of God. So, let me add to this. You see this in the Bible that as far back as Daniel chapter 4, when God was teaching Nebuchadnezzar that I rule even among the Gentiles. I rule in every nation. I rule the rulers. That's why I'm called king of kings. Did you get the point? Because Nebuchadnezzar did not recognize that, God gave him the mind of an animal. Just mindset. And he started behaving like a, a wild animal and drove everybody away from him and walked into the wilderness for seven days, or seven years, to learn one thing. The Bible says he, that should happen. Until he acknowledges that heavens rules in the affairs of men, because it was Daniel that wrote it, he didn't want to say God rules. It's either heaven rules or the Most High rules. Do you get the point? So, one more example. This this will interest you. Yeah, if you read Matthew chapter five, you hear when Jesus is saying, "Don't swear." By the heavens. is the person there. But the Jews don't just like to say, don't swear by God. You get the point. They don't swear by heaven. Because whether you call his name or not, it's the throne of God. And if you swear by heaven, you are swearing by who is there. Right. So, but Luke chapter 15. Did you remember when the prodigal son came back to his senses? He said, I'm going to go back to my father. And I will say, my father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. And that's exactly what he came to tell his father. So, the Jews, when they say heaven, they saying God. Come on, brother. <laughs> so, you see, in, in, in international diplomacy or politics, when they say, Washington says, they're talking about American presidency government. When they say London says. You got it. <laughs> so you, you, can, you got the point. So you need to get this. So when Jesus was saying kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. This is the other thing you need to add to that. He was talking of the headquarters of the government he represents, He was talking of the capital city, the seat of power, where the ultimate ruler resides, where he set up his office, and his throne is heaven. Now, you see, Americans' seat of government is in Washington, but they have embassies, high commission all over the world. Same thing in South Africa. United Kingdom, most countries, are you getting the point? The government has a base where the president, the executive operates from. And in South Africa, Pretoria is for uh, for the presidency, right? Cape Town is for parliamentary. And where is the judiciary? Okay, so you see, you're widespread. It's, It's rainbow nation, you know. They don't put everything in one place. That's strategic, by the way. Praise God. But you see, the power of the South African government is not limited to where the president lives. Wherever they have a representative, the government is there. Is that right? So the embassies represent the kingdom of that nation in another nation. The ambassadors represent the president of their nation in other nations. So you don't need to go to their nation to deal with their government. As a matter of fact, when you enter an embassy, you've entered that country. That's why this WikiLeaks guy, WikiLeaks guy, what do you call him? Uh-huh. It's, it's been in an embassy in the UK and they can arrest him. He's in a different country. And in that country... The laws they're trying to use to arrest him does not work in that country. So you don't need to literally get to heaven to enter heaven. Because there are embassies of heaven, like our churches, there are officials of the government of heaven, there are diplomatic officials, there are ambassadors. That's what we are, we're ambassadors. We can give you visa. We can give you citizenship. You can transact God our business with our heavenly government. That's what it means. So to be postponing and procrastinating is the peak of irresponsibility. Okay, sorry, it's ignorance. It's not irresponsibility. It's the peak of ignorance. You're just neglecting your duty. That's why you're here. Come on, speak in tongues now. Tell yourself, I represent the kingdom of heaven on earth. I represent the government of heaven. I represent the king of kings. I am a citizen. I am an officer. I am an ambassador. I don't need to get to heaven literally to experience the power and the privileges of heaven in Jesus' name. Okay, let's see. You need to get this in a translation. That makes it simple. Everywhere the Bible says kingdom of God, A better translation tells you what it is. So let's try Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. When he says kingdom of God. Let's try. Do you have New American Standard Bible? Yeah. Can you flash that? New American Standard Bible. Hallelujah. This is Oh, you have been upgraded, sister. You have been upgraded. Your status is changing. It's upgrade. We're going to zero in the place now where we need to land. Well, let's see this. Do you have New American? or oh, Maybe you should try Amplify if you don't see New American Standard Bible. I hope Amplify says it. Yeah? I think Amplify says it. Oh, New Living, Matthew 4, 17. Well, anyway, it talks about kingdom of God. Yeah. So this is what translation, New American. Do you have amplified, uh, amplified Bible? Okay, look at this, chapter four, verse uh, seventeen. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "The kingdom of heaven is at hand." Uh, try chapter three, verse two, Matthew three, verse two, New American Standard or New Living Bible. That gives. Did you see that? Repent for the kingdom of what translation is this? New living Bible. Or uh, then you go, do you have young literal translation? See, translation is Israel. Is. Amplify. New living. What does this say? Uh, he was saying, change your mind. Re- regretting of your sins and changing because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you have new living or young literal? Anyone, if you have it in your system, what does it say? Which translation is that? Young literal translation. Listen to this. And saying reform for come nigh had the reign of the heavens. Read that again. It says the, uh, it, it says reform for come nigh had the reign of the heavens. So, kingdom of heaven is the reign, the rule, the reigning of the heavens. That's chapter 1, 3, verse 2, chapter 4, verse 17. So, a better translation instead of saying kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, say reign of heaven or reign of God. Yeah. Can you get it? Yeah. It says, reform ye, for come nigh hath the reign of the heavens. So you can do this search. Get a proper translation. Literally, the kingdom of heaven is where heaven is reigning. The kingdom of God is where God is reigning, is ruling. And it should start in your heart. So once the reign of God, once the rulership of God begins in your heart, the kingdom of heaven has come. You don't get the point. Wherever God is reigning and ruling in a heart, in a home, in a territory, in an industry, in, in a business, in whatever, in a nation. Wherever God is allowed, permitted, acknowledged to reign and rule, the kingdom of God is there. Because kingdom is king's dominion. The dominion where the king reigns. Are you listening? This is the point we need to crack. And I'll give you the two keys I saw this morning that I think is going to transform you for kingdom worth. Right? We need to crack this. Listen. The kingdom of God has its base, its headquarters in heaven, but the operation is not limited to heaven. So Isaiah 66 verse one says, "Heaven is the throne of God. The earth is like his footstool." In First King chapter eight, it says, I, "We can't build God a house because He fills the heaven." and the earth. So, what house can we build? So, listen carefully. The reason, listen carefully, (laughs) I believe the reason for the earth is that the glory and the nature of God is so explosive that heaven alone cannot contain it. And then God says, okay, in the natural, because heaven is, is spiritual. It's a country. It's but it's transcendental. Okay, it's real, but it's not. It's not of dust. It's not of air. It's not physical. Like angels are real entities, but they don't have a flesh and blood. They don't have this body made of dust. Did you do get the point? So God just said, "Since my kingdom and my reign and my glory and my power, and my nature." Is so much is so explosive that heavens cannot contain it alone. Let's come to the physical realm, the natural realm, and establish earth so that the way things are in the invisible heaven, it will be on earth. And let's make people that has that have the body that is made from that earth that I can put my life in them, and whatever I'm doing in heaven, with their mobile houses of their body, they can do the same thing on earth. So the reason for the earth is because God does not want his reign and his glory and his kingdom to be limited to heaven. I taught you God He wants an extension of his reign of his glory. So you keep seeing in the Bible, listen now. From Numbers chapter 14, you go to Psalm 72, 2, you go to Haggai. I mean Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. He says, As long as I live, the earth must be filled with my glory. Is it Numbers 14, 21? But he says, "This is why all of the people that have seen my power and glory, and they see rebelling against me, they will perish in the wilderness. Because the earth must be filled with my glory." The end of the prayer of David in Psalm seventy-two, the last verse, he says, "The earth may the earth be filled with the glory of God." Haggai two fourteen says, "The earth must be filled with the knowledge of the glory." Isaiah 11, verse 9. He says, when the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, there will be no more war. There will be no more violence. Why must the earth be filled with the glory of God? Which is the manifestation of his reign. His government. That resolves crisis and complications and remove injustice. And oppression. You get what I'm saying? And frustration. The glory of God is when his nature is manifesting. When his goodness is manifesting. Hallelujah. See, the glory of a a seed is when the seed becomes a tree full blown and brings fruit. When you see the full nature of that seed becomes it and you see the fruit, you see the glory. But the glory, the fruits and the tree were in the seed. So when God is saying, the earth must be filled with my glory, he's saying, I will put my life like a seed through the world, in the heart of people. It will germinate. It will become a tree of righteousness. And when they produce fruits of my nature, then the earth is filled with my glory. That's kingdom. I say it has to happen. You say, God, what? Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof. The world and everyone that dwell there. So the earth is part of the kingdom of God. Because He owns it. And everybody there. And the Bible says, no one comes to political power except God permits. He rules his reign, on, he reigns on it. The rulership and the kingdom of God is not limited to church. Church is meant to be an organ, an agent that carries and demonstrate and communicate the culture of the kingdom. It's a channel. It's like a consulate office. It's a point of contact kingdom influence on it. But we thought that everything about kingdom is inside church. Praise the Lord. So as I begin to wind up, listen now. Listen to this. This is so important. This is so important. The message of the kingdom that demands a different mentality, a different perspective. Not a religious one. It's a message of impacting, subduing, and conquering nations for God. It's not a denominational thing. Hallelujah. Ah! Kingdom message is global, it's irresistible, it's unstoppable. It transcends every boundary. It transcends every culture. It is when we carry religious mentality that there are cultures we cannot enter. Ambassadors are trained to be able to engage other cultures that are not like them. Am I talking? Other countries. As a matter of fact, even the country they may not be at peace with his own country, the ambassador is trained to know how to engage for the interest of his country. So ambassadors don't say, Well, I don't like to go to those other countries because they're not like us. That's the more reason they need an ambassador there. So this is what I'm doing to you. From now, there is no boundary to the scope of your influence as you begin to comprehend this kingdom, and you realize that you're not just a member of a church, that you're not representing a denomination, that you are representing a heavenly country, and a holy nation. God said to his people, as far back as Exodus 19, he says, I will make you a holy nation, and a kingdom of priests, kings and priests. He never talked to them about religion or denomination. And you represent, you're not just a citizen. You're an ambassador. Now, you have a passport as a citizen. You have a spiritual passport. And today, I say to your spirit and your soul, to begin to bring out your spiritual identity, your kingdom identity, to begin to wave your spiritual passport, your heavenly passport, to make ways for you. Where doors have been shut against you? Where you have been denied, now you begin to gain access. Let me talk to you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. One man that understood this is Paul the Apostle. He understood, if not multiple citizenship, he understood dual citizenship. Listen carefully. In Acts chapter 16, Paul had cast out a demon with a girl of divination who was prophesying and seeing vision accurately, but not by the Spirit of God. And Paul knew that it wasn't the Spirit of God. So that's why when I see people rush to my country because you think there's a prophet that see vision that's killing and burying people alive. I said, come on, you are wiser than that. That someone can predict disaster and prophesy and do some magic does not make him a prophet. Absolutely. The girl in Acts 16 would describe people she has, has never seen before. And say, these are seven of the most high. They've come to show us the way of salvation. But God appoints Paul, the spirit of God in Paul, said, that's the contrary spirit. And people have left embassies of heaven. Right churches. And they've gone after this lying wonders. Anyway, so Paul commanded that spirit to get up. Because if he didn't, they were identifying with the ministry of Paul. When Paul has gone, all the converts they will be in charge. And people will say, since they were in the same company with Paul. This is why you have to be careful who you keep company with. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul has to cast out the demon. Don't infiltrate and take over what we're doing. We don't care if you prophesy accurately or see vision. So when the masters of the girl saw that the means of their making money, anyone prophesying and see vision to get money from you is a false prophet. Yeah. Period. If it's from Jesus, he said, I I gave you free, you give it free. So when the master saw they could no longer use that to prophesy and see vision to get money, they arrested Peter, I mean Paul, and his team, Paul and Silas. They beat them, battered them, injured them, bleeding on the back, and they took them to jail. Right? And at midnight, Paul and Silas sang. Prayed and sang. Listen carefully. When they got to jail at midnight, after they were beaten innocently, their rights were abused. In the night in the prison, they brought out their heavenly passport. It wasn't a religious service. They know how to activate their identity. Because citizens of heaven respond to crisis differently. Jesus said when they persecute you, rejoice! Because it means you belong to the kingdom of heaven. Is it Matthew 5? 9, 10, 11? Did you get it? So John, I mean Paul and Peter, I mean Paul and Silas, they just said, "Oh, we're kingdom citizens. We need to prove now. We need to prove our citizenship." The other prisoners are complaining and cursing. If you belong to our own country, you sing in the midst of trouble. So they started singing. They started singing. And heaven said, those are our citizens. The Bible says heaven opened. There was an earthquake. The, the foundation shook. All the prison doors were open. All the chains were broken. They just activated their citizenship. They brought out there. They said, we're not going to approach this as Jews. We're not going to approach this as Romans. They're going to this as heaven citizens. They brought out a key of the kingdom of heaven in a contrary situation on earth, and they turned the situation around. That's what we are licensed to do. So praising God in the midst of peril, ah, singing and dancing in the midst of your pain, is applying keys of the kingdom. It will turn things around. Hello? So you read Acts 16 to the end. When the explosion happened, the jailer wanted to kill himself. They said, no, don't kill yourself. We are citizens and officials of a different country. We don't run away from trouble. We're here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. They took charge. They took over. The jailer became the prisoner. So he's not saying to them, "Sir, so what shall I do?" Said, okay, go on your nails. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, now, so you have to receive Jesus. You repent. You believe Jesus. We baptize you. Then you—they're giving him passport now. They're giving him citizenship now. They're doing the documentation. And the guy, the guy got the citizenship. So he said, which means my house is now your house. So he said, let's go to my house. The guy that jailed them now took them home to refresh them. Then they send message to the governor's office that this is what happened overnight. Then the governors, the officers said, That's dangerous. Okay. Tell them to go away secretly. Tell them to go. Release them. So they told Paul, they say you should go say, Paul said, you don't know what you're talking. You arrested us, you beat us publicly, you jail us, you injured us, now you want to send us away secretly. Do you know we are also Roman citizens? You can read that. We're Roman citizens. So they've used the heavenly passport now to bring heaven down. So they kept the passport. Now they brought the Roman passport. When the guys had that, that they were Romans, the magistrates were afraid. That's true. Because if they were in Roma, if they were Jews, we could treat them anyhow. So you have multiple citizenship. Or at least dwell. Did you get it? Same thing happened in Act 22. Paul had been arrested because there was an opera. And the commander said, bind him, tie him up, let's flog him as a way of getting truth out of him. The way we're going, I think, Act 22 from verse 24, 26, there he says, the way we're going to interrogate him is by flogging. So they tied Paul they were about to start beating him. Then Paul said, excuse me. Is it right to beat the Roman citizens when he has not been tried? Then the guy waited. Then he went to tell the commander. He said, excuse me, sir. It seems he's a Roman citizen. So the commander came and said, oh, excuse me, are you a Roman citizen? Paul said, yeah. The man said, I purchased my own citizenship with money. Paul said, but I'm free born. I was born in I was born into it. And the man said, we can. Then Paul said, but why did you even tie me in the first instance? Tell somebody you need to know how to use your dual citizenship. Know when to bring out your spiritual identity. That's kingdom. So, let me prophesy require. I don't want to forget it. You guys, you've gone into a frequency, a mode. You just need to fine tune some more. See, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ. I said I was going to say something about it yesterday. Maybe tomorrow morning. You Remember? Revelation 11.15 says the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ. The Lord means the owner. Lordship, like landlord, is the owner of the land where the house is. Okay? So the Lord is the owner of heaven and earth. So by reason of ownership, every place of creation, everything in creation is under the kingdom of God. But you see, it was sold or it was, it was betrayed to the enemy of God by Adam and Eve. Did you remember that Satan said to Jesus, everything has been given to me. I can now give whoever I want. So Jesus started a recovery process. He started to recover the things and the people of the kingdom of God that has been given over to the enemy. So by right of creation and ownership, everything belongs to the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of Christ now are the redeemed, the people that are responding to his redemption. The people that accept his lordship, the people that accept him as the official, as the king of heaven here that is bringing them back. So Christ's kingdom is the process of bringing the kingdom of God back or bringing the, the whole world back into the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God covers everyone. The kingdom of Christ is for those who know him as Lord. So politically, religiously, legally, the kingdom of God covers the whole world. kingdom of christ you have to believe christ that he died he rose from the dead you have to submit to his Lordship. you have to confess his lord you have to submit to him then you enter the kingdom of christ then you are removed from the thief from the usurper from the imposter from the devil's kingdom of ignorance and darkness and you are brought to the kingdom of the dear son It's a process of recovery. And the Bible says everything is to be restored through this process. Did you get the point? Now, for for you, the reason why worship and praise and music is such a powerful key of the kingdom. I want to give you an assignment. You go study the Bible. Psalm 22, some some 48, some uh, 103. verse verse 19, you just go on the Psalms, you discover that the kingdom of God demands that all nations worship Him. Because God is owner. So one way of making the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God is making His praise glorious. Glorious. It's through music, through worship. And you see, there is no restraint. You can organize music concert anywhere in the world. Just remove the religious stuff. Have a kingdom mentality. You can do praise jam anywhere. You get what I'm saying? Anywhere. Read your Bible. The Bible says every nation, every Everyone that has bread must worship God. Must praise God. This is why Jesus said the Father is seeking for those who worship Him. So, if you preach doctrine to people, they may not understand. Do you know when you tell telling Muslims how great God is, they don't argue? Allah means God is great. As a matter extremists, Muslim extremists, Believe that God is so great that if he tells them or they feel like he wants you to, want them to kill you, they kill you, cease shouting, God is great. So, if you have a way of demonstrating to people anywhere, that you know, I know you have your religion, but I just want to show you how great God is. The one that made us. The one that is keeping all of us alive. I just want to show. It's irresistible. Nations are to be subdued by the praise of God. That's why the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling, he will ordain praise to subdue his enemy. So when you get to this frequency, do you realize that youth respond to good music? But not necessarily church music. Good music. Because it's a language. And originally it's a culture of the kingdom. Why do you think there's so much singing in heaven? Why do you think there's so much praise and so much worship? It's a means of exacting the rule of God. He inhabits the praise of his people. So if we're going to be strategic, you think of where we want to bring kingdom. And we we'll look for how we infiltrate the place with worship, with good praise, with good music. It's a bait. They will have sucked it in. Before they know they took in something that began to change them. If it's prophetic, it's powerful. And when you guys were singing the last two nights, the Lord told me, tell them! Begin to fine tune, begin to yield to the spirit. There are songs in the realm of the spirit. There are songs in the realm of the spirit. That when you download them. And begin to release them. The kingdom of God comes upon nations. That's part of how the kingdom of this world. Will become the kingdom of our God. It's meant to be global. No nation can resist it. No nation is exempted. Religion can be resisted, not kingdom. So two last points. You need to get this. Keys for your empowerment. Never forget this. I permit you to forget every other thing. Not this. God is sending you back to take kingdom. Across this nation. Amen. Right? And so, clearly these two keys this morning. I just feel I need to release it to you. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, the Lord asked me to tell you. Listen, 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 listen. The Lord asked me to tell you. You don't know what you are carrying. You don't know what you carry. Because you have been thinking religion. Listen carefully. From now. Dr. Man, are you hearing me? Maruti. And you that have connections with people in high places. Who are not believers. Don't cut those connections. You have connections even with the president. See, kingdom is beyond earthly politics. They have politics. The mentality of kingdom politics is beyond partition politics. So you need to drop religious mentality and partitionship to carry kingdom influence. Part of the culture of the kingdom is to love the unlovable. Don't detest them. Don't denounce them. Don't be irritated by them. They're just expressing the nature of the kingdom they belong to. You want to suck them out of that kingdom. And listen carefully. So I want to kill one religious thing that's been hindering our influence. You're not asked to go to like President Zuma, great man, and tell him, except you repent, you will likewise perish. Verily, very I say to you. What happened to John the Baptist may happen to you. That's not kingdom talk. That's not how ambassadors talk. Second Corinthians 5 says you are ambassadors. So you have to learn that. That's a different approach. Are you listening? So let me buttress my point. When Joseph stood before Pilate. Was Pilate a godly man? Or an idol worshiper? Pilate was not, I mean, I beg your pardon. Pharaoh, 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 Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not just an idol worshiper. He was the idol they were worshipping. Now, Pharaoh don't worship God. People worship God, but he says, I'm the ultimate God. That's why Moses came to him and said, thus says the Lord. He said, which one? Uh, are you are you having problem with your memory? So Pharaoh believed he's God. So listen, it that that is so bad. He kills people at will. They were killing babies. Moses who have been killed. Isn't that? Are you listening? Worshiping, serpent, worshiping, nile, worshiping, whatever. Frogs, everything. Joseph, by the anointing, God before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, Is it true you can interpret dreams? Joseph didn't say, Repent of your idolatry. How, how many wives do you have? <laughs> Religious talk is different from kingdom talk. Religious talk's doctrines Kingdoms operate by principles and demonstration of practical example. So Joseph said, Listen, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Oh 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 oh. Joseph should have said, There's no peace for the wicked. There's no peace for the wicked. Hell is hot. He will be bundled out of the palace. And God sent him there. God has sent us to places. But because you don't know kingdom talk. You shut the door against yourself. And you thought we were being righteous. You were being whole. I don't compromise. I tell them the way it is. Joseph said. Live forever. God. Will give Pharaoh every ruler, good or bad, wants peace. Joseph did not say, well, if you don't repent, the anointing cannot move. After interpreting the dream and giving him 14 years economic blueprints, unsolicited for, to stabilize his kingdom. Pharaoh said, we can't find anyone like you in whom the spirit of the gods are. Do you know the Bible says kings that are Gentiles can see the glory of God in you? It's going to be by your expression and your communication. Tell somebody, that's a kingdom mentality. Well, listen, Pharaoh forgot that Joseph was not an Egyptian. I wasn't worshipping his idol. Are you getting what I'm saying? Was not in secret society or cult or whatever. Freemason or anything. He said, what this guy has, we need it here. He said, from now, you're next to me. You're next to me. it's only in sitting arrangement. I'm going to be higher than you. You bring out the presidential limo, let him ride in it. Come on now, parade him. And Joseph did not say, unclean, unclean, blood of Jesus. <laughs> because God, he said, God sent me ahead to preserve life. He said, God made me a father to Pharaoh. So kingdom is about fathering. Until the mess, until they outgrow the mess. Did you get that? Same thing, Daniel. The Nebuchadnezzar interpreted dream for wanted to kill him and kill all the wise men. He kills people anyhow. You know when they said, if anyone don't worship, they throw them to fire? And said, Mr. well, no said, come on, heat it up, of them, put them inside. No fear of God. The guys went inside the fire. Jesus came in amongst them, and you know, they started doing praise worship, connect group in the fire. In the fire. Discipleship on another level. And then the king said, Excuse me, how many people did we put there? I think I had too much alcohol when they were doing it. Yeah, we did three. He said, no, no, but there are four people. The fourth person looks different. It's like, it's glowing. It's like the son of God. There's a glory. He said, bring them out. They brought them out. He said, all the guys that asked us to put them, they put them in. (laughs) Ultimate ruler. That's kingdom. You don't question the king. You know, like Swaziland is still a kingdom. Anyway, so. Listen, but Daniel stood before this wicked man and said, God is revealing to the king what is going to happen. God put you there as the gold, the golden head. God wants you to know that there's a heaven and Mosah that rules in the affairs of man. The end of chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar started testifying about God. He says, kingdom is forever. From generation to generation. That's Daniel's influence. So those of you that have connection, you have to now know how to engage. Kingdom is different. It's not a a microwave approach to bring them to your church. Some of these people can't come to church like you. They're not as... They don't have the liberty. They don't have the free conscience and the free movement you have. You don't even know. They are very important prisoners, VIPs. Why do you think Nicodemus came in the night? He's a prisoner. He can't move freely in the daytime. And Jesus said, if you don't get born again, we baptize you publicly. This thing can't work. You can't come and be doing some secret talk in the night. Okay, so you should know. And do you know Jesus didn't have a church where he wanted them to come? They know how to meet him and he know where to meet them. Come on now. Okay, so let me destroy one religion. Maybe I'll lose my respect. But it's worth it. Zacchaeus was the most corrupt custom officer. Go and read Luke 19. He was so corrupt, he built a big house far above his salary. <laughs> Listen carefully. Big, he was so stinkingly rich. He was thinking. Everybody knew. In fact, people said, I know I'm a sinner, but Zacchaeus? It's not a level. It's... Then. He's been hearing about Jesus that, you know, that that with Jesus, you can see the entire kingdom. That Jesus don't put you through all these religious rituals. And he's not going to condemn you. Oh, really? That he loves people. Kingdom culture is love. Yeah, Yeah, you love. So he says, we call it contact without contamination. So, he says, I need to see that guy. Okay, you mean someone like me? So he ran ahead and climbed a tree and was hiding. And Jesus got there and stood. He says, Argus, who told him my name? Come down. Call him first name. Come down because I'm going to your house. What money was used to build that house? Can the anointing move in a house built with corruption, with bribery and corruption? I know if you were the one, you would say, Zacchaeus, if you don't release that house of the government, no deal. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, let's get rolling. Let's get to your house. Because we're going to have dinner in your house. Well, I tell you that dinner is more than his salary. Don't ask me where the money came from. I don't know. I don't know. It was so bad, they wouldn't allow him in the temple. Jesus said, come on, let's eat. And he eating. Someone, read Luke 19. Other corrupt custom people said, I know I'm bad, but if he could enter Zacchaeus' house, I'm going, I'm going. I'm not as bad as Zacchaeus. They'll, They rose in. They filled the place. Jesus, you know your words. And the religious people were saying, how can he be dealing with sinners? Then Jesus said, today, he doesn't need to go to the synagogue. He doesn't need to come to the temple. Today, salvation has entered. Kingdom has entered. Right now. I came for such people. To seek them. That's kingdom. That's the dimension you're all sharing to. Because his soul, his soul and his destiny and his future, they are all greater than the past. So more that Jesus would die to save that. So religious mentality locks you out of the kingdom. And you lock people out. Read your Bible. Matthew 23, Jesus said, "What to you. Scribe, Pharisees. Matthew 23, 13. He says, you are not entering the kingdom. And you locked it door. You kept the key. You won't allow those who want to enter to enter. So your mentality can keep you out. And you lock people out. In your mind. Okay, so these are the keys. Yeah, we're we're, we're done now. Just wait, just hang in there. I don't know when I will have this chance again, so let me use my slots. (laughs) I don't know when Apostle Eric is going to be led by the Spirit to invite me back. You are, I've overstepped my boundaries. <laughs> All right. Listen. You know, Jesus, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Keys of the kingdom of heaven. And you use it right here where? On it. Did you get it? Keys of the kingdom of heaven. You use it on it. So what need to be open with those keys are not in heaven. They're here. You get it? What are the keys? Luke eleven fifty two, Luke chapter 11, verse 52. I just want to show you two keys. Wrong with them. Luke eleven fifty two. He says, what to lawyers? Those are experts in handling the laws. Not the laws of the Jews. Not, not, not barrister. Leave him alone. <laughs> okay, put another translation. Like, You know, the laws of Moses were the laws they were using. So these were religious law experts. Like the one that got the woman in adultery and said, we got to stone her. Okay, so. They don't see that. Whatever. So, for they have taken away the key of knowledge. So what is the key? Knowledge. They took away the key of knowledge. They did not go in themselves. And they hinder and prevented those who wanted to enter. So when Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, it has to do with knowledge I'm giving you now. And there are people that don't want you to have them. Because you run them out of business. Did you get the point? So, two keys. Let me just read it to you. Number one. And I never knew it's so simple. And women are best in handling this. I call it the key of godly passion. Burning holy passion is a kingdom key. The Lord told me It's opening the hearts of some women here and setting you on heavenly passion. Listen, and you are going to become an inroad to cities, to high places, to nations. The open heart of a woman is an open door to a territory. That's why the serpent, Satan has to come through the serpent and enter Eve. To enter humanity. If you don't enter through woman, you can't enter into humanity. In Acts 16, when Paul was speaking, God opened the heart of Lydia, a worshiper and a seller of purple. God opened her. The moment he received Paul's message, they gained entrance into the territory. Did you get it? So, godly passion. Listen, you always see this in the Bible. Like when they said, for you, you know the kingdom started the moment Jesus was born. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, unto us a child is born, a son is given, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Huh? And he says, let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. What did he say in verse 7? He says, concerning the increase of his government. So, Jesus brought government. not religion. The increase of his government and the peace of that government. Order. Right order. That's righteousness. Peace and stability. That will make other people to be happy. Kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So, of the government and peace, there shall be no end. So it's an unending kingdom. It's endless. It's borderless. Did you hear that? He's going to sit upon the throne of David. So he uses existing structure. Do you know Jesus didn't build a temple? Didn't build a synagogue? So if you are kingdom minded, you're going to know how to use existing structures. All right. He will sit on the seat of David and over the kingdom of David, And he will start to order things to establish with judgment and justice. And he's going to start from this time forward. From the time Isaiah prophesied, the process of building the kingdom started. And it's going to continue forever. So, which means kingdom is on. But look at the last line. What did he say? We do it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform. That's passion I think amplify or whatever translation said the passionate commitment of the lord we perform it what drives kingdom is passion conviction passion burning zeal unfortunately islamic terrorists they have it but christians don't have it The G B L T society or community, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and uh, the other one—they have passion. They're loud. They're bold. Unashamed. But passion is what is born in them. But Christians are getting lukewarm. What? Web- they have passion, we're becoming passive. The kingdom that have more passion is the one that we dominate. It's a vital key, so you can read it in other places. You keep seeing in um isaiah thirty seven verse thirty two the same thing A remnant will remain from thirty one they will take root downward, they will bear fruit upward. And on and on. The zeal, the passionate commitment of the Lord. We do put verse 32. Thank you. And the remnant that have escaped of the house of Judah, shall again take root downward and bear fruit of We'll Go to the next verse, 32. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts to perform this. What will perform it? The zeal. No zeal, no performance. No passion, no performance. As a matter of fact, to even come out of your bondage, the Bible says you have to make it. There have to be zeal. So, passionate commitment is a vital key. Obadiah is one book. If you read from verse 17 to 21, you need to see this. We all, all know verse 17. Obadiah chapter. Uh, it's only one chapter. Verse 17. He says, uh, I don't know what translation you're reading now. Is it new living? Okay, that's good. Let's use it. But Jerusalem, the King James says, upon Mount Zion, uh, there shall be uh, deliverance, there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob's her possess her possession. That's new King James. Is that right? Upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance there shall be holiness and the house of jacob shall possess her possess you can read really in another translation but god of verse 18 listen carefully how will these things happen the house of jacob must become a fire a burning zeal there are things that need to be burnt off that's why the two disciples on the way to the mount they said when he was speaking our heart was burning if the house of Jacob becomes fire, and the house of Jacob is the flame, the refined focus fire of Jacob is Joseph. The elitist dimension of Jacob is Joseph. Joseph will be the flame, and the house of Esau, mixture. Esau represents mixture. Cana, walking by side, seeking for instant gratification. Have no value for kingdom things. You get what I'm saying? The house of Esau shall become a stubble, like grass. Jacob becomes fire. Joseph is the flame. Esau becomes what? Grass. And Jacob and Joseph shall kindle upon Esau and devour them. And no survivors shall remain of the house of Esau. Because the Lord has spoken. it. Next verse. Through fiery zeal. Look at the next verse. Where are you? 19. The south of Jerusalem shall possess the mountain of Esau. Through this fire. The lowlands shall possess Philistia. They shall possess the field of Ephraim. And the field of Samaria. Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Do you see? This is kingdom possession. Through the fire. This is subduing kingdom. Once you're on fire, fire is unstoppable. Fire can start little, but never remains little. Last verse 20. Okay, 2021. 20, and the captives of the hosts of the children of Israel, even the captive of the children of Israel, shall possess the Canaanites. So they're going to break out of captivity. As far as to Seraphat, the captive of Jerusalem, who are in Sepharad, shall possess the cities of the south. Look at 21. Everybody read 21. Then Servius shall come out of Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau. Uh Uh-huh. This is how the kingdom is going to become the kingdom of the Lord. The people of God on fire Running, running, subduing other kingdoms. Breaking out of captivity. Hallelujah. And once they are there, they become saviors. Whatever Jesus is, you are meant to be a little version of it. So, godly passion is the vital key for kingdom advance. That's why Jesus, if you're neither cool nor God, oh, your like spirit, we can't use you in the kingdom. All right, the last key. What's the first one we mentioned now? Okay, we so saw knowledge. Oh, knowledge was an Israel. Godly passion. So keep the knowledge for yourself. Right. Godly passion. The second one is sacrificial selfless giving. Yeah. Praise God. Genuine, sacrificial, selfless giving. You heard I said yesterday, kingdom giving is not contribution, it's not donation. It's spiritual transaction with heaven. And it started, listen, the first mother was about who gave the better offering. If offering is not important, what you offer and how you offer it, why will Cain kill Abel, If it's not an issue. You thought it didn't matter. You thought the way you give to God, whether you give or not, does not matter. Cain knows better. Cain knows that who can give acceptably a more excellent sacrifice that is acceptable, that will be speaking in heaven on your behalf, Gives you a better destiny. You take it casual. We can push it on. Listen, you you cannot embrace kingdom if you can't give. That's why God told that young guy, go give everything. And follow me. If you can't, forget it. Are we talking? How can you build an ark, a kingdom structure, that when the economic and political crisis comes and is drowning people, your ark will be rising. Kingdom structure is activated to rise by crisis. Until the flood came, the ark of Noah didn't rise. You got it. But you know, who donated the material to build the ark? Noah. Who gathered the wood? Noah. He has to leave his business. He gave time. He gave talents. He did everything to build according to kingdom specification. So if you are not selfless. And you can't give sacrificial commitment to what God is revealing. You cannot get into kingdom. Did you get what I said? Kingdom giving will turn your crisis around. When Noah came out of the ark, the f- nobody told him. The first thing he did, he took the clean animal and offered a sacrifice to God. God didn't command that. He just used his initiative. Did you get what I'm saying? When Abraham gave tithe of all to Melchizedek, it wasn't demanded. Kingdom mentality just inspires you. You just know you got to do it. It's not need driven. It's honor driven. You don't give to God because God is in need. You give to honor him. You don't give to your pastor because he's in need. Don't wait for him to be in need. You give to honor. You don't give to your parents because they're in need. So it's about honor. So when Noah gave sacrificially, the Bible said God smelled the offering. And God said the courses that have been on the ground from the time of Adam is not going to continue. So kingdom giving brings a turnaround. That's a kingdom mentality. Did you get what I'm saying? Whether it was David, you want the plague to stop. Go build an altar. In the field of Onan, And don't give anything that costs you nothing. If not, the angel will continue to slaughter. There are crises you cannot stop by merely praying and fasting. And many Christians have become so self-centered, so stingy that even some worldly people now do more humanitarian giving than people in church. Churches are struggling. Because churches are filled with religious people that are not kingdom-minded. The women following Jesus, they were ministering to him. Luke chapter 8, out of their substance. In the early church, when the Holy Ghost came and brought kingdom, people were selling their land and putting the offering at the apostles' feet. Kingdom is driven and activated. Not only by passion, but sacrificial giving. It's practical. And so, many, Read this. Let me write it down for you. Write it down. Go read it on your own. Scriptures. If you see Psalm 18 verse 7, you can wave it on the screen while I read the order. Put New American Standard Bible, Psalm 18 verse 7. Write also, I mean, Isaiah, not Psalm. Isaiah 18, Isaiah 18 verse 7. Then Isaiah 45 from verse 12 to 15. Isaiah 76, I beg your pardon. No, Isaiah eighteen seven. Then Psalm, Psalm 45 verses 12 to 15. Psalm 76 verse 11 to 12. And Malachi 1 verses 10 to 14. I'll read it again. We have on the screen Isaiah 18:7, but write Psalm 12, I mean 45, Psalm 45, verses 12 to 15, Psalm 76, 11 to 12, and Malachi 1, 10 to 14. Look at the first line here. At the time a gift of homage will be brought to the Lord from to the Lord of hosts. From a people tall and smooth, that's what is called a gift of homage. Did you hear that? That's what Queen Sheba brought to Solomon. Kingdom people, kings, and priests—they give to demonstrate honor. Did you hear that? When presidents go to nations, they're not poor, but they, they welcome them with you know some some gifts. Will be souvenirs. You give valuable things that will be memorable when you get to kingdom mode. So Queen Sheba was coming and loaded herself with stuff because she wanted to interact with Solomon. And Solomon downloaded wisdom. And when she was going back, Solomon gave her more than what she brought. Kings give. Jesus is king of kings. So he gave himself. If you are a king under Jesus, you should start giving. Let's rise up. It's a revolution. Kingdom is now. Kingdom is action. Kingdom demands change of mentality. It's not religious. There is no hypocrisy in kingdom operation. No pretension. You got to be real. Your passion is needed. Your conviction must be so strong. The revelation must be so clear. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, when you see it, you are ready to give up everything. To get it. If not, you haven't seen it. You're ready to give more, are you ready to give my attention? To study this? To search it out? Because you cannot preach kingdom in ignorance. The keys of the kingdom is knowledge. So, ignorance gives you frustration when it comes to kingdom matter. When you don't have the keys to your car, when you lose your key to your car and to your house, your frustration begins. When you have the keys, you relax. Kingdom is not coming. It's here. Jesus said, because I'm in your midst, The kingdom is among you. Luke 17, 20 says, The kingdom of God is in your midst. Because the king of the kingdom is here. uh, Luke 12, 32, he says, Don't be afraid that you are little. Little flock, don't be afraid. It is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. It has nothing to do with your size. Is the knowledge of the King in you. Luke 22, 29. He says, My Father conferred the kingdom on me. Now I'm conferring it on you. Not when you die, but now. I want you to spread your hand, close your eyes, and just tell the Lord, I receive the kingdom. Hebrews 12 says, We are receiving the kingdom. That cannot be moved. Open your mouth. Begin to confess it. Whatever you have seen, whatever you believe, confess it. I embrace the kingdom. I receive the spirit of the kingdom. I submit to the king of the kingdom. I accept the principles of the kingdom. I receive the Citizenship and the privileges of the kingdom. I change my position. I change my perspective. I change my mindset. No more procrastination. The kingdom of God, the reign of heaven, is activated in my life today. I have seen the glory of God. I see the kingdom come with power. If you can pray in tongues, I want you to pray in tongues. Don't be slack about it. Don't be distracted. You have been transformed. You are on a mountain of transfiguration. The glory of God is come upon you. The seed of the kingdom is sown in your hearts. It's going to grow. The fruit of the kingdom, the glory of the kingdom is going to manifest through you. You are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. You have a new mentality. Crisis cannot stop you. You can no longer be rejected. You can no longer be denied. The doors are open before you. The Lord is enlarging your coast. The Lord is enlarging your territory. The Lord is enlarging your hearts. Barriers have been broken. Obstacles have been removed. There is a turnaround. There is a breakthrough. You have a new identity. You have a new identity. You have a heavenly identity. You have a heavenly passport. You can no longer be molested. You can no longer be trampled. You are liberated. You will possess nations. You will possess territories. You will possess lesser kingdoms. The fire of God is burning in your heart. The flame of the Holy Ghost. The oil of the anointing. Rabori Bahana Kore Basha. <laughs> Yadaka Rabashadaka Bah. Yaborika Rababa Break loose. Break loose. Break five. Rise up. Come, forth It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new season. Rabori bahanda koroba shaya. Rabaraka rabahande kere bashaya. Enda rabahanda koroba shaka raba. Yabori kara barabaka tu baraba. Yabori kara barabahande koroba Hada koroba. Yaporica had the Koroba Rabaka Koroba Yaporica had the Koroba Sadaraba Yerimanabah had the Keroba Sadaraba. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Wow, listen, listen, I love you guys so much. You're ready on the Kingdom frequency. Listen, listen, you see. Political meetings and kingdom matters is not church service. When you get a political caucus, they're not in a hurry. they got to sort things out. Amen. Yeah, brother. That's what we're doing. It's beyond church service. It's not church service. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I've just opened vistas for you. You've just won a big elect election. A big political office. So are you going to abandon it and be doing business as usual, scavenging on the hill, Or won't you want to study the details concerning the office? Concerning your new position? Concerning your new responsibility? And the authority that is upon your soldiers? It's like you are taking over a city. You are taking over a territory in the realm of the Spirit. Now, but this is the last thing I need to say to you. I love you guys so much. I can't hold this back. And as you were praying, I felt it. Listen to me. Look at me. Open your eyes. There is no way you're not going to cause a revolution. Listen. When I saw you guys, how many of the ladies and the guy came brought to meet me? 5 a.m. in the airport in the cold? 5 a.m. How many of you? How about 10? Yeah, anyway, so I recovered from the shock, and we got to the hotel room, and we started sharing. I said to them, relax, because the job is done. The system is in place. I said, thank God for your pressing, your prayer, your fast. I said now, relax and enjoy the flight. Isn't that? Also, listen, come. Listen to this. Don't forget this. Kingdom is a zone. It's a spiritual zone. It's a realm. Wherever an agent of the kingdom is present, kingdom is present. So that's why once Jesus was here, kingdom was here. Holy Ghost is here, kingdom is there. Did you get it? When the Holy Ghost moved in the chaos in Genesis 1-2, kingdom came, order came, beauty came. Did you get it? Wherever the spirit of the kingdom is present and working like in you, kingdom is there. Jesus said, when I cast out demons by the spirit, Matthew twelve twenty eight, when I cast out demons by the spirit, it means the kingdom has come. By the spirit. By the spirit. Amen. By the. Do you get it? Yeah. So you are already in the zone of the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. Last night people were so happy after Sabbath. Pastor Oba was telling us it's like joy in the city. Everybody, nobody want to go. People were shouting and hugging and pecking and oh. And I say yeah, because kingdom comes. Kingdom sets things right, brings peace and joy by the Holy Ghost. So you are in the zone already, but you need to know. It's not going to come from somewhere; it's in you. Where you go now, kingdom go. But this is now. So listen, listen, listen. Once you are in kingdom zone, Moruti come. Once you are in kingdom zone. Nothing about you, nothing you have, nothing you can do, nothing you say is ordinary. Before kingdom, before you press into kingdom, you need much to do little. Once you press into kingdom, little accomplishes much. I'm about to stop. I want to see you guys explode. Every corner, anywhere you go, be strategic, be ambassadorial, be authoritative, be multifaceted, be versatile. So now see, the reason people are not entering kingdom, I want to pray a final prayer for you. In your job, in your finances, in your relationship, whether it's church or whatever you do, you're going to see kingdom explode. In your academics, whether you are young, you are in school, whatever, your home. Look at this. The reason we have been held back. Luke 16, 16. You can't forget that. St. Luke's gospel. Chapter 16, verse 16. So, 16, 16. Can you put it? Look at this. Because you are present in now. And from now, as you step out from here, some things are activated. The law that Moses put in place and the prophets, which Elijah represented up to John the Baptist, until John came. The law and the prophets were on until John came. You know, law was just regulations and prescriptions. You get it? Legalistic days. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Prophet, the time is coming. It was happening till John came. Since that time, that John came, the kingdom has been preached. Amplify better pro- translation. Say, the kingdom is proclaimed. It's, it's a proclamation. He's here now. Get back home. Enter your room. Wherever you say the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom is a proclamation. From the time of John, did you see that? Huh? Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God has been preached. Better to listen is proclaimed, I hope amplified. And as it's been proclaimed, everyone is pressing, forcing his way into it. So once it's preached, I see some people when we say pray, you're not pressing. And this is what has spoiled Western Christians. You, you preach, they don't pray after the preaching. You pray, they don't say amen. You have to help them say amen. No, they don't force him. The kingdom of God experiences violence. It takes forceful people. The kingdom, ad- the kingdom advances forcefully. You don't get in without passionate presence. You can't do it in the relaxed mode. It's not keserasera. So, it's been preached. Thank you. Look at John literature. The law and the prophet were till John. Since then, the reign. Did you see that? Kingdom is reign. The rulership. The reign of God is proclaimed. Good news is proclaimed. And everyone does do what? Press. Come on, put someone and say, you got to press. So listen. Listen, listen. What? Why people were not pressing in is that it was not clearly preached. It wasn't clearly proclaimed. It wasn't clearly presented. That's why people are reluctant. If you can get your president and present the kingdom clearly, he will present. Jesus so much did it that people were rushing. What must I do? And to sons of Zebedee, they call their mom. Say, tell Jesus, we need to be on the right and the left. This kingdom is going to be big deal. People press. Jesus, someone said, he said, you see, from uh, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. But in my kingdom, the least is bigger than John. Now, who doesn't want to get in there? So now you're going to begin to present the kingdom and make it attractive. People are going to press and say, come on, you got something. I need to get what you got. Are you listening? But this is the last one. This is the thing I want to pray for you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Before Moses entered the kingdom zone in the presence of God with a burning bush, the road was ordinary. The moment he entered that zone, that rod subdued Egypt. That rod pasted the Red Sea. In Kingdom Zone, nothing is ordinary. Your gifts, your talents, your little resources—that's why a widow can come with the last food and meet a Kingdom Prophet, and they never run dry. This is why Jesus can use little to feed thousands. Because he was operating in kingdom zone. Finally, the four lepers in 2 Kings chapter 7, they were banished out of the city because of their leprosy. And there was economic crisis and murder in the city. No leftover for them to eat. They couldn't get to the city, they would kill them. So they said, we're not going to lie here dying. Let's go to the camp of the enemy. That's kingdom mentality. Yeah. Kingdom mentality says you possess the gate of the enemy. You are light. You go into darkness. You infiltrate and penetrate. You don't lie there. So they said, we're not going to die here. Let's go to the enemy's camp. They were going towards the direction of kingdom prophecy. That says by this time tomorrow, I came to activi- activate a new day. Are you listening? Move towards that direction. As they were going, once you're going towards the direction of kingdom message and prophecy, the steps they were taking were being amplified. Lepers. Each of these steps were sounding like chariots in the enemy's camp. Their discussion were like roar. And the enemy said, can you hear what I'm hearing? The children of Israel have gone to get other nations. They're coming to overrun us. Even if you were treated like a leper before, if you were weak, now you are in kingdom zone. Every step you take will be amplified. Every move you make, every gift, every talent, every road is going to cause an explosion. Come Come on, begin to worship the Lord. Come on, begin to worship the Lord. Come on, begin to worship the Lord.